Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. I'm so excited to report to you about what happened at day three of the Republican National Convention. I was tweeting up a storm last night. I was so inspired by what these speakers had to share with ordinary Americans who just wanna live their regular lives. And they see what's happening across this world and they're just stunned by the disruption in society, the violence, the rioting, and the mainstream media continuing to call this violence peaceful protesting. And everybody can see with their very own eyes that it's anything but peaceful. In contrast to that, where last week we had the Democrat National Convention that had all sorts of elites highlighted, Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Seinfeld fame and all sorts of performers and entertainers and the elites of our society, the Republican National Convention this week has been a stark contrast to that, bringing in regular Americans, people who just wanna live their lives, who moved here because they wanted opportunity, they wanted the best for their family, they wanted to work hard and help build the American dream, not only for themselves, but also for their communities. And we know that America is the last great stand for freedom, as we heard earlier this week when we spoke with RNC spokesperson Liz Harrington. And yesterday we spoke with Cassie Smedley about day two of the convention. And I'm here to give you an update on what happened last night. It might have been the best night so far. Obviously tonight we have President Trump coming to give his acceptance speech and it's sure to be a riveting experience. But I would say last night had so many excellent speakers combating the mainstream media narrative put forward by the Democrats at their convention last week and what they've done to tear down Donald Trump all through his candidacy in 2015 and 2016 and everything that they have tried to destroy through his presidency starting in January of 2017 until now. So I just wanna give you some highlights. I think the main theme last night that ran through many of these speeches is that America is the land of opportunity and the theme of last night was America is the land of heroes. And so we heard the themes of loving liberty and hating tyranny over and over again last night with personal stories of standing up to tyranny and to, to support liberty that so many people have given their lives, they've given limbs, they've given their freedom in order to preserve liberty for all Americans. So just running through some of the speakers last night, Rabbi Schubert Spiro gave an excellent opening blessing. And of course we hear from the Democrats and the mainstream media this charge that President Trump is an anti-Semite. And yet I think when this rabbi asked the blessing that God continue to make America great again and mentioned many things that the Trump administration has done on behalf of the Jewish people, including moving the American embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, to the rightful capital of Israel. And there are just so many people who support the nation of Israel and understand what a friend they are and how the Trump administration's strong support 
of the right of Israel to exist and to prosper in opposition to dangerous regimes like Iran that want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth and push them into the sea, we're seeing historic gains being made in peace in the Middle East, like we saw with the first time in over 20 years that there has been a normalization of relations between Israel and an Arabic neighbor, that would be the United Arab Emirates, and they were able to come to this peace agreement, which not only helps peace in the Middle East, but it helps peace worldwide. So this is an excellent development. We also saw South Dakota Governor Christy Nome, who also, I believe, would be on the cover of lots of fashion magazines. She is a beautiful, liberty-loving, tyranny-hating woman who is the head of her state. She's the executive in charge of South Dakota. And I loved how she quoted James Madison. We frequently quote James Madison on the show and in writings that I do as well. And she gave this really excellent quote from James Madison, underscoring that government is created and operated for the benefit of the people not for the benefit of the elites, not for the benefit of the ruling class, not for the benefit of the leftists, it's created for the benefit of the people. And it was such a good reminder that lots of Americans wanna hear this, that our politicians think that this is true and they know the proper place of their power and the power of the government at the state and at the federal level. Then we heard from regular American Scott Dane. He's a logger in Minnesota, and he pointed out the stark contrast between what happened when Joe Biden was in high office, when he was vice president under the Barack Obama administration. Sadly, Minnesota lost one half of their logging mills under the years of the Obama administration's economic policies. And that has been turned around with President Trump. He wants to make sure that he puts America first and he puts America manufacturing, trucking, logging, all these different businesses in a position where they can compete globally and they're not tied up by harmful regulations. So that has been part of the Trump administration strategy. And it's not just talk. We had this logger from Minnesota talking about how he has seen the results of this change in policy from the, the eight Obama-Biden years to the, only the three years of the Trump administration. So you can imagine how much better it will become if President Trump is given another four years. And that's certainly what Scott Dane from Minnesota was expressing. Then we moved into an excellent speech by Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, and she talked about how her home state is the home of the volunteers. And she pointed out the sad truth that the left would like to cancel our law enforcement and military heroes, but she said they can't be canceled. And that is so true and cannot be underscored enough. Then we heard from Dan Crenshaw. I had the opportunity to meet Dan, Dan Crenshaw at CPAC a couple of years ago, and he is as nice and positive in person as he is when he comes across the television screen. And he told the sad tale of being in Afghanistan and losing his buddies and his teammates, who are the ultimate heroes. They put down their lives in order to protect the people that they love and the ideals that America stands for. 
And I thought he had a great talk to all Americans when he said, you know, you can see heroes all around in America. And one of his examples was about the parents who are now struggling to relearn algebra so that when they're teaching their kids at home, their kids are not going to fall behind. And I just thought that was something that every parent can relate to right now because this job has been thrust on them that they weren't expecting, that they weren't prepared for. So they're having to go back 10, 20, 30 years to relearn subjects that they thought they had put behind them a long time ago. But Dan pointed out that these are American heroes too. I also loved the speech by Keith Kellogg. If you had watched at the time, you might not have paid really close attention to it because he's sort of a dry speaker, and I mean no offense by saying that, but he's not a charismatic speaker. But if you really paid attention, and I'm going to link down below to all of these speeches, so if you didn't catch them, you can watch them in full through these links. Keith Kellogg had served in Vietnam. He's been involved serving our country since 1967. He's at a very high level of the Trump administration now. He says he's been involved and been witness to all of the extremely tough decisions that President Donald Trump has had to make on behalf of his nation since he's been in office. And he knows and he's witnessed that Donald Trump asks himself on each of these decisions is this the right decision for America? Is this the right decision for the American people? And Keith Kellogg went on to say that Donald Trump has kept us out of needless wars. Was that not a signature issue of the 2016 campaign? And wasn't President Trump, or excuse me, candidate Trump, wasn't he brave at that time to call the Bush administration out for the engagement in Iraq. And people can disagree about whether or not that was a good idea, but it was certainly a bold strategy of President Trump, candidate Trump, to say that he completely disagreed with the Iraq war and would make sure that he did not get Americans in any more of these types of wars. And even though the left and the Democrats and the mainstream media said over and over again that electing Donald Trump would make sure that our foreign relations were frayed, our allies would abandon us because they didn't like Donald Trump, and we would get ourselves in all these new wars that had no strategic purpose. The opposite has been true. And that's why I commend this Keith Kellogg speech to you because he really goes into a lot of detail of the evidence for how President Trump has really uh, been a wonderful keeper of his promise on the promise of keeping us out of needless wars and strengthening our allies. So then we heard from Tara Myers, who's a mom, and she was talking about her son, Samuel and how the doctors and the teachers and all the people around her basically abandoned her son and tried to convince her to abandon her son. And yet President Trump did just the opposite. He, through his advocacy on behalf of children, has guaranteed Samuel, Tara Meyer's son, a seat at the table. That was a very moving speech that I'm gonna link to down below as well. Then one of my favorite speeches last night was Kaylee McEnany. We interviewed her for this podcast before she signed on with President Trump. And I remember sitting with her in the green room right before she was about to undergo her 
mastectomy, her preventive mastectomy, in order to try and live a healthy life. And she was doing her work and she shared with me that she was going to be undergoing this surgery soon. And I remember thinking what a brave young woman she was and how inspiring her, her story was to me. Well, she shared that personal story last night. And she talked about the support that she has been given, not only from President Trump, who's obviously a very busy man as a leader of the free world, but who called her to check on her. And also his family, Ivanka, his daughter, called her to check on her to see how everything had gone. And I thought that her line at the end of her speech where she said, choosing to have a preventative mastectomy was a hard choice. Supporting President Trump is easy. And she talked about how she, after this mastectomy, the preventive mastectomy, she has gone on to have a baby girl. And she talks about part of the reason she's so passionate for defending President Trump and supporting President Trump is because she wants to protect her child's future. And she knows that President Trump is out there working on behalf of all Americans across the country. We also heard from uh, the second lady, Karen Pence, and we're a link to her speech down below too. And as you know, Kellyanne Conway has been the talk of the tabloids this week with her daughter being a TikTok star, with her husband being part of the campaign of the never Trumpers to defeat Donald Trump, despite the fact that he's delivering results that most Republican presidents were either unable or un unwilling to deliver, let alone Democrat presidents. And I loved this line from Kellyanne Conway's essentially farewell speech to uh, public politics. She talked about how she was raised in a family of all women, all strong, independent women. And she was very thankful to them for her upbringing. And she learned through them, and I'll quote from her, limited means does not make for limited dreams and we heard this over and over again every night of the republican convention people who came from hard scrabble backgrounds who came from poverty who came from limited means and they had the ability to seize the the opportunities that they were given in this country and they were able to make something of themselves to create possibilities for other people, not just for themselves, but enable to improve other people's lives. And instead of pulling up the rungs of the ladder behind them, they want to make sure that that ladder remains there so that all Americans can have the opportunity to live out their dreams and to uh, improve their communities and improve their, their uh, family's situation as well. I also love the speech by Sister Dee Dee Byrne. She is a surgeon and she shared with all of America and all of the world that as a surgeon, she knows that life begins at conception. And she gave us a rousing endorsement for President Trump saying that he is the most pro-life president in history. And she had the evidence to make that claim as well. And that was in stark contrast with the Catholic nun that spoke at the DNC last week. And when she was asked about abortion, she said that abortion issue is above her pay grade. 
So you can see that over and over again, when you contrast what happened last week at the DNC with, with what happened this week at the RNC, the choice is very, very clear. I also loved the segment with Lou Holtz, which we'll be linking to down below. And he had such a great discussion of his experience as a football coach and how he sees that applies to President Trump. And he had three things that he looks at, how people care about people. And he shared this question that he asked with his players. What if you did not show up? What would, how would people react? And he would say this to the football players. Who would care if you showed up or not? And so he asked the American people, what if Donald Trump had not shown up in 2016? Now we all can imagine what would have happened in our society, in our culture, in our homes, if Donald Trump had not been elected in 2016 and started working on behalf of all Americans. It's a scary, scary thought. Lou Holtz shared how much he's seen that President Donald Trump cares about everyone. And I just loved his speech. That was one of my favorite from last night. So be sure to watch it if you haven't seen it. Then we heard from Mick McHale, who is the head of a national police association that endorsed Biden when he was the, on the Obama ticket in 2008 and 2012. And now his organization of law enforcement officers is endorsing President Trump. And I love this line. I think every, this just resonates with every American. He said last night, when it comes to rogue police, let me be clear, nobody hates bad cops more than good cops. And that is a message that has to be repeated over and over again. That's not what we hear from the Democrats. That's not what we hear from the left. That's not what we hear from the mainstream media. Good cops want to make sure that bad cops are taken out of positions of power, that they're prosecuted, that they're not able to harm anyone. Because that is the opposite of why people go into law enforcement. People go into law enforcement because they want to help their communities. They want to increase safety. They want people to be able to be free to live their lives and have the confidence that they will be protected and not be subjected to violence or you know, random assaults. And so I think Mick McHale was a regular American talking to you about why President Trump supports law enforcement and why that's a good thing for all Americans. Then we heard from Elise Stefanik, and she, she is the youngest woman who has ever been elected in Congress, and she's from New York. She's from a historical place in New York that has ties to our revolution and ties to our great American ice hockey team that beat the Russians in the 1980s, when that was just a wild thing that a very amateur American team could take on the essentially professional Russian team and beat them. And she just had such a good speech that I commend to you as well. And she contrasted the far left socialist policies promoted by the Democrats with President Trump standing up for our constitution. Then we heard from the young gentleman, Madison Cawthorn. He is in a wheelchair and he shared how he was in a terrible accident when he was 18 years old and he was speaking from the dais in his wheelchair. And he talked about MLK's dream 
And he includes himself in that. He didn't say it explicitly, but the idea is that we look at the character of people and some people could look at him and say, oh, you know, you can't make anything of yourself. Your life is over. But he doesn't see it that way. He sees that even though he's gone from being a six foot three young man with you know, all the physical capabilities possible, he knows that there is a place for him in America and he can make a difference. And it was very moving when they brought a walker out for him and he talked about being a radical for liberty. See, there's that liberty message again. And he said, stand up for liberty. And he rose out of his wheelchair onto the walker to stand up. And it's such a great contrast from the Democrats who are all about kneeling and not about standing up for liberty. Then we heard from Jack Brewer. And if you didn't see this speech, you need to see this speech. He was excellent. And he reminded all America, which party was it that freed the enslaved people? Not the Democrat party, it was the Republican party. And that's a fact that the left would like to bury or memory hold, but Jack Brewer said it and you should watch his speech. Then we heard the gripping story of Chen Guocheng. And I loved the sentence that he started his talk with. He said, Standing up to liberty is not, or I'm sorry, standing up to tyranny is not easy. And I think that is such a theme of this channel. And to hear it from someone who suffered mightily at the hands of the Chinese Communist Party, lived to tell the tale, and is continuing to be brave and speak out against the Chinese communist, it is very inspiring. It should be inspiring not just to Americans, not just to the Chinese people, but to people around the world who love liberty and hate tyranny. Then we heard from Burgess Owens, who was formerly an NFL player. Then he lost his money and he went and he decided I can give up or I can start working hard again and try to help out my family. So he went and became a chimney sweep. And he was talking about the problems of the entrenched politicians that we see most of the time. And he said, we need more chimney sweeps and fewer politicians. And he had such an inspiring story. So I recommend you watch that if you didn't catch that last night. Then we heard the very, very tragic story of Sam Vigil, who came and spoke about his wife and how she had been gunned down in the driveway of, his, of their home. And she had left the country of Colombia to come to America and then was a subject of this terrible violence in our country. And Sam praised the Trump administration for setting up this uh, program called Operation Legend, which used the powers of the federal government to find the perpetrators, the alleged perpetrators of this horrible crime against his wife. And people who do this don't do this once, they do it repeatedly. So in, in forcing the, uh, the application of these resources to make sure that dangerous people like this are off the streets is a huge advantage, not only justice for Jackie and for her husband, Sam Vigil, but to make sure that other American families don't experience this terrible, terrible loss. I think if you did not see 
the speech of Richard Rick Grinnell last night. Please, please take some time and watch it. It was on fire. It was lit. It was amazing. It was like a, he dropped the you know mother of all bombs on the convention, letting every American voter know how much that this president has done on behalf of them, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's tough. And in fact, President Trump relishes those opportunities. It was clear from Rick Grinnell's testimony about this to the American people. And I tweeted this one uh, sentence from Rick Grinnell's speech last night, and I'm gonna link to it down below, but essentially said, you know, the left would like you to think there's something nefarious about America first, but it's just the opposite. Shouldn't you want the person who's making these decisions as our leader, making sure that whatever we do puts American interests first? And it was such a great encapsulation of that, that doctrine and the fact that President Trump has kept that promise through the uh, entire amount of his administration and given another four years, he will continue to operate on that principle. And you can be sure that the left will not. And the, the Obama-Biden administration used a plane to send pallets of cash to Iran, the world's largest state sponsor of terror. And President Trump and his administration used a plane to take out Soleimani, the general of Iran, who's responsible for so many American deaths and for so many deaths in the Middle East. So you can see right there the stark contrast between a Biden foreign policy and the Trump foreign policy. Then we heard from Vice President Pence at Fort McHenry, and he gave a great speech outlining the fact that Biden has made not a single good or proper decision in the foreign policy area in the entire 47 years he's been in politics. And that is a big contrast between what the Trump administration has done in the last three years. And I think also I wanna make sure that you watch this speech last night from Clarence Henderson. He is a big civil rights leader, he was at the Woolworths um, lunch counter protest. And he reminded the American voters that the Republican Party passed the 13th Amendment freeing the enslaved peoples, the 14th Amendment, which gave equality to black Americans and the 15th Amendment, which gave black men the right to vote. Those were all passed by the Republican Party. And he talked about how Donald Trump truly, truly cares about black lives. And I think that you should go watch that speech if you missed it last night. And I'm just filled with so much hope and optimism. And I gotta tell you, every day people ask me if I think Donald Trump will win this election. And I believe that he will. I believe that he is a man on a mission to make sure that this last great stand for freedom does not go down in the history books as something that was a blip in human civilization. But no, 
It is something that is worth fighting for, it's worth preserving, and not only benefits the American people, but resonates across the world as inspiration, not only for people who wanna come here and make sure that they're able to have the blessings of liberty for themselves and their posterity, but also for other countries. It increases the peace of the world, and it also gives other countries and people of other countries, people from Hong Kong, Indonesia, Africa, South Africa, all over the world. It gives them the courage to know that if they stand up for liberty and they fight tyranny, they could also have the freedoms that we Americans enjoy. It's not easy. It's not something that once you set a motion, it continues perpetually. No, it's something that every generation has to fight for. And I am glad to be in that fight and I appreciate you watching this. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel below so you don't miss an episode. And comment down below if you're happy to be in the fight and what your thoughts are on day three of the Republican convention. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now. It's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.